This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Place to Be Nation, welcome back to another wonderful month. And we're beginning the Burr Months here at Bells with Books. I am one of your hosts, Miranda, and I do not do this alone um, because I've said what I've said many times. That might be sad. So I do it with one of my best friends in real life, Bianca. Hello. How are you today over there? I like how you said we're starting the Burr Months, but I'm still sweating over here. But we are starting the burn months, even if you were sweating. I am also sweating. The, I think we talked temperature last time as well, but it's important, boys and girls. It's um, very it's important. Hot, it's hot again here. Um, and, you know, we don't have AC. We have portable AC, which is not the same as having, like, central air. Yeah. Uh, so, no, yeah. it's been so hot here that we have bought two portable AC units to help out our house. Yeah. I have A few, two. Yeah. Um, a few weeks no it's about like two or three weeks ago now mm-hmm. it got to like 118 degrees outside and our poor little house ac no, was like thank the you. little engine no, that could it oh, got yeah. up to 85 degrees in my house so we oh, no went and bought portable acs to help out that is typically because obviously our portable ACs, um, we keep one in the main living dining room because it's like one big room. And then we keep one in Kay's room because um, his bedroom is one of those that like in the summer, it's really, really hot. And in the winter, it's really cold. So um, that's the only rooms that we have it in. And the other day I was going into the kitchen to like start dinner and I looked up at the thermometer because there's like these little thermometer things that were required to keep in each room. It tells you like the mo- the percentage of moisture in the air because you don't have central heating and air. You have to let that moisture out so you don't get mold and mildew. Yeah. Um, and I looked up at the little thing because it also just tells you the temperature and it was like 89 degrees. And I was like, we will not be cooking in this kitchen today. <laughs> no, I didn't cook for like a week when it was no. that hot. I no. was like, we will go get salads somewhere. I did. Well, I this did like, ridiculous. I don't, I don't think cook is the right word. I still made dinner, but like one night we had sandwiches and another night we had like, you know, basically giant charcuterie board. Like I was doing things like where I was still like preparing something, but there was nothing being turned on to make. Heat. Yeah. So, yeah. But that's okay. Cause we're moving. So yeah. Woohoo. Yay. Moving. <laughs> it has no air conditioning there either though. <laughs> I feel like you're a pro at moving by this point. I... I, You've done it so much the past few years. I really have. I've genuinely moved like every two years in the last few years. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like you just got to Germany. I've been here two years. I can't believe it's been that long. Yep, I've been here two years. Yeah. I've been in Europe for all, a little over three-ish. Um, but I've been in, in Germany for two years, yeah. Wow. So now on to Czech Republic, boys and girls. That is our new stop. I will officially announce that. I feel comfortable officially announcing that. Obviously, Bianca is known for a while, but um, there was a lot of like kinks and and bells and whistles and things that had to be checked and oiled. Um, but yes, my family and I are leaving Deutschland and moving over to Czechia. Uh, so. Well, do you know who else went somewhere that we've talked about on this podcast? Oh, yes. And that I'm very proud of her. My new queen, 
Like, listen, I still love Colleen with the passion, but I think Geneva is my new queen, even though she makes me angry sometimes. <laughs> but this well, trip made me happy. <laughs> this well, trip made me happy. I'm sure our listeners all know how we felt about her various police procedures in The Perfect Marriage. Yes. And she she actually listened to readers feedback, not not necessarily to us. I don't think she knows we exist. But I think that was just a um, like, she consensus. Oh, she has me twice. Thank you. <gasps> she has? Yes. <gasps> We're famous boys she, and girls. Well, we she, are famous. We have made it. Yep. She now has a Facebook group for all of her uh, like fan base. And her and her husband, Drew, run it, much like Colleen did originally years ago. You know, when Bianca and I first joined Colleen's group, God, I don't know how many years ago now, she ran it herself. Like, she did it all herself. Um, But, yeah, so she started a group, and um, she's, like, replied to things I've said a couple of times. So So I am, like, famous adjacent. Oh, my goodness. You are. It's uh, seven degrees of Kevin Bacon, so you're, like, one degree. Yeah. I made that one degree. (laughs) (laughs) Fist pump in the air. Well, Well, anyway, Geneva Rose took all the criticism from the readers about all those police procedures. And she actually went and spent a day at a police station and she documented it all and put it on. I saw it on TikTok. I don't know where else she posted it. I saw it in the group first. And then I went to TikTok because I was pretty sure she had made some sort of video, but I actually saw it in her group that she has. I was like, look at Geneva. Like that, that almost made me a fan. Almost. I'm getting close. I I, I love her. Like I told you, she has become a one click wonder for me. Um, I still have some criticisms, but I think what is fantastic is just like this instance where she and I it never explicitly said that she was doing this because of that. But I feel personally, like, in my opinion, feel like that's why she did it. And I really appreciate that step. Also, there's an auto um, auto audio comedy thriller that she has coming out. And I think it's like December. That's going to be her and Drew together doing this. um audio comedy so it's a book but it's like have you seen the books that go like straight to audible like that's all they are they're never in like paperback form so my understanding is that's what her and drew are doing together her husband and that was also part of the visit was making sure also i mean really her main genre is thriller she has a detective series that lasts two books i think a third one is coming she has the three standalone thrillers um and then this audio comedy thriller So it makes sense to hear from readers that said, like, that is not how that would work or, you know, whatever. And then take that initiative and, you know, visit the police station. Um, Let's see. She actually did the Appleton Police Department in, I don't know where Appleton, there's a lot of Appletons uh, in Wisconsin. Oh, that's right. They live in Wisconsin, don't they? Um, But she went to the Appleton Police Department in Wisconsin it says that she got to shadow a lieutenant for half the day. He, she actually like was in the vehicle for a ride along. He showed her like all the different facilities. They actually allowed her to participate in a briefing, which a briefing um, for any of you that don't know, briefing essentially happens at the beginning of every shift. And it's where the shift leaving and the shift coming in, go in the room together really quick. And they give a rundown of the shift 
leaving, gives a rundown of like, these are the things that we encountered today. These are the things that you should be aware of and watch out for. And then they leave, clock out for the day. And the shift starting then has like a few more minutes in the briefing room where they say, this is who is on this beat today. This is who's doing this today. Because they don't always... Like they'll, they'll switch up sometimes the routes that each person drives and they'll be like, today this person's riding with this person. And that's what the briefing is. Um, she actually, I guess, requested to do booking photos. Did you see that? No, I missed that part. Yeah, so she was like, can I please do booking photos? Of course, they're not like in the system booking photos. Um, and he was, agreed to do it. So she did that. She's like, I was going to have him arrest me. But I forgot she got to see a canine in action. Um, and she said she's working on the sequel for The Perfect Divorce. And so she wanted to make sure these research questions. She even met with the chief um, and that same lieutenant that uh, showed her around through the day and just basically provided a lot of insight that would be applied to the book and future endeavors, basically. Uh I don't know. I was, I was so excited about this. And I don't know if you had already seen it when I sent it to you, because I did send it to you. But I don't know if you had seen it prior. Cause sometimes I think that I happens. had. Okay. I was going to say, so we're really nice about it. Neither one of us are ever like, I already saw that. But I only do that to I, Hope. Sorry, Hope. <laughs> <laughs> I do it to my mom. Sorry. Um, but you and I don't actually tend to do that. Or if we do, we'll be like, yeah, I saw that. Didn't know you hadn't or something like that. But we tend to share things with the other one that we've already seen because you and I have a lot in common. So I shared this not knowing if you had come across it before, but I think it's fantastic. And I just wanted to. No, I applaud any author yeah. who takes that, who takes that step to make sure yeah. that they're actually writing something believable in a fictional world. Absolutely. Because here's the thing. We know it's fiction and we we leave the real world to read fiction, obviously. A lot of a lot of us do. I'm not going to say everyone escapes the real world fiction, but I mean, I would say a huge percentage of readers would say something along those lines. Would you agree or disagree? Yeah, it's the same yeah. thing with like medical dramas. Like right. if, a, if a nurse or a doctor watches like Grey's Anatomy, they'll be like, that doesn't happen. It goes oh. like this. Baby, 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 baby. Yes. I don't know. I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, but I know that you and I have talked about this like privately, not in, not that it's private, but like we've talked about this like just as friends. But I sometimes look, get so irritated because I really enjoy um, like I hate to say war movies, but like historical war, like Band of Brothers, Black Hawk Down, um, Midway m- movies like that. Right. What I hate is sometimes watching them with my army veteran husband who works on an army installation currently as a civilian. Why boys and girls? Because he will be like, Oh my God, that is not what you would do with that helicopter. That is highly inappropriate. You cannot do that. Or he sees people like walking back and forth to the helicopter as it's like on. And he goes, absolutely not. That is not how, like he, and <laughs> but I guess after you and I um, ripping apart, kind of, sort of, in a way, the perfect marriage, I guess I understand it. <laughs> I guess I understand it. <laughs> well, in other news. <laughs> in other news. Thank you, Geneva, for listening. You probably didn't hear our podcast directly, but it 
it's fantastic that you're taking the extra uh, mile there. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, another book news. Um, we have a new adaptation coming next month. It yep. is the, the fall of the House of Usher is coming to Netflix. I am it is. It's an adaptation of an Edgar Allan Poe short story. And if anyone is interested, mm-hmm. you can actually read the whole story for the free on the interwebs because mm-hmm. it's out of. Uh, what's what I'm looking for? It's considered public domain, I believe. Thank you. Public domain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's uh, the one I pulled up is from American English dot state dot gov. I believe you can also if you are um, an audio listener, I think you can actually go to like YouTube or I can't think of the name of the website right now, but there's this story and many others that are on the public domain. So someone can just like do their own audiobook recording of them. So if you're someone that enjoys that, check it you know, go to YouTube or the websites. God, I wish I could, was it, is it like book FN? Do you remember? The only one I know of is the Gutenberg press. Maybe it's that, but I know there is a website out there that people project actually, Gutenberg. That's maybe right. either way. Like if you're, cause I, I know I've actually gotten some feedback and I'm really happy cause I'm an audiobook person, but it, it's another one that's free in that yeah. manner as well. And it's also free from your local library, so go hit that up. And it actually isn't this month mm-hmm. library uh, month, as far as like library sign up month. I forget the actual phrasing. Uh, something like, much more public library stuff. I'm not really that sure. That's true. Because um, I work in like an library, academic library. Yeah, so it is September is also library card sign up month. And it is a perfect time, as Bianca said, to go yeah. find any of the books that we talk about today and in past podcasts at your local library. And if your library doesn't have what you are looking for, pick a big town next to you and go to them and talk to them about their paid library membership. Because I actually did that. I, I think I've told you this. I did that when we lived in Ozark, when we kind of run out of things in Ozark, um, just you know, it's a small town, so funding. And I went to Enterprise um, prior to us moving there and said, I'm really interested in becoming a patron of your library. And for a small fee, I think it was $25 for the entire family for a whole year. And then, of course, once we actually moved to Enterprise, I went in with my local address and did not have to pay anymore. But like if there's a library near you that offers a little bit more, um, go in and ask them about their paid option. I mean, I know you go to a library for free, but what's $25 for a whole year? Yeah, you can't beat yeah. that. No. But um, The Fall of the House of Usher is going to be a mini series. It comes to you from our Lord Mike Flanagan. He's become like the horror king on Netflix. Really He's has. done The uh, Haunting of Hill House mm-hmm. and uh, what was the vampire one? Midnight Mass. Um, yeah, he did. Oh, I loved that one so much. See, I didn't care for that one. That was a little too eh for me. It was Midnight Mass. Uh, and um, then the, the Turn of the Screw. Not the Turn of the Screw. What was the... It was based on Turn of the Screw. What was Didn't it? Didn't you do Haunting of Hill House? Yeah, I said that one. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. Let me see. That's going to bother me. It was The other one was based on Turn of the Screw, but I didn't call it that. Oh, Bly Manor. That's what it was. Yes, Bly Manor. <clears throat> 
Yeah. I was like, what was it? Um, <laughs> Midnight Mass, Haunting of Bly Manor, The Fall of the House of Usher is Coming, and The Haunting of Hill House. Have you, I know you're not a huge horror girly, but you have things that you do like. Like, for example, you got me really turned on to Gertie Hendrix, who is horror for sure. Um, how, did, how do you take these shows? Do you do okay with them? So I have a history with Hill House. Um, there was an adaptation that came out back in like the late 90s or early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It had um, Liam Neeson in it. Yep. I absolutely loved that movie. I have no idea why. Like, like Marina said, I am not huge into horror or anything like that. But for some reason, little old Bianca loved that movie. And then I read the book. I loved the book. The book is fantastic. Um, so, also free on the domain, I believe. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, by Shirley Jackson? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> and when the Netflix adaptation came out, I watched it like three times in a row. As soon as it came out, I binged it. And then I started over, binged it again. And now it's become a yearly October thing that I do. I absolutely love that series. Bly Manor was also good. I enjoyed mm-hmm. it, just not as much as Hill House. I feel like Bly Manor was a little bit more dry. Um, it was definitely more character-driven than plot-driven. And we all know I'm a plot girly. Yeah. I... And I know you just said you really didn't enjoy Midnight Mass. I devoured Midnight Mass. Absolutely loved it. And I was a little disappointed in one thing, one thing. So I have a band that I am a huge fan of. I've sent you some of their stuff and you're like, I can appreciate it, but not for me. Um, But they have a song called Devil in the Midnight Mass. And I'm like, you had a perfect opportunity here. <laughs> like, what? You're failing me because it did have good music. And I'm like, you had one. It it gets it gets deep at the end though. Like, it really makes you think. It really makes you think. I I, I did at least. I was like, what? So that one's my favorite of the three that are out. We'll see when the haunting or the fall of the house of Usher. My mom is also really excited about the fall of the house of Usher. She is not a horror stan, which is really funny. Um, but she loves Edgar Allan Poe. And I don't know how to tell her. You probably aren't going to like this. <laughs> <laughs> since it, I've actually never read it. So since it's only like 20 pages, I yeah. might just read it after we get done. There that way I can it. be like, I know the standard now. Yeah, there is an audio version of it that the guy has this, like, super warm but very creepy voice at the same time. I, I'll i have to find it. Um, and I know you're not an audiobook person, because, but because it is so short, maybe you could do it. But I thought he did fantastic because it also, it, I don't know, it just added to, like, the intenseness of certain parts. It was really fantastic. Hmm. Well... In other adaptations, our last one for this episode, mm-hmm. um, I finally finished season two of The Summer I Turned Pretty. And? It was so good. No. <laughs> I started rewatching it from the very beginning again. <laughs> I actually have not heard anything bad about it, to be honest with you. It's so good. They, it's different. I think I've said this before. It is definitely mm-hmm. different from the books, but I appreciate what they've changed because... The books were kind of older, so they just they made it more modern. They made it a little bit more relatable. Um, for anyone asking, I am not team uh, 
Wow. Team Jeremy. And I am not Team Connie Baby. I am Team Steven, okay? I know it's her brother. Like, she Belly can't be with her brother. But Steven, that man's perfect. He is perfect. And Taylor deserves him. They deserve to be together. And I stand by that. And if anyone has issues with that, please contact me on my Instagram. Because I would love to discuss this with you. You you sound real, yeah. like, about, like, I, I'm trying to find the right words. But you got passion about this one. I love the summer I turned pretty. <laughs> I, and see, it's driving me crazy. Because the story and the premise, I'm like, I know I know this. And I feel like these are books that I read early on into meeting you. I really feel like it is. Unless I'm confusing it with something. I don't. I don't know. So maybe I just need to read them again. Yeah. Yeah, you should. <laughs> I will. I will forever push that on people. I love Jenny Han. She is my young adult queen because she writes. Coincidentally, she writes what I would call cozy YA. Like, yeah, they're um, my absolute favorite YA, like realistic series, not fantasy mm-hmm. is to all the boys I've loved before. Oh, I, yes. I love that series. I um, think I read that at your recommendation. Probably. Because once I read it, I told everyone and their mother to read it. <laughs> well, I read it pretty quickly. And you know what? Maybe that's what I'm confusing it with. Maybe. Maybe that's... Hmm. Either way. Anyway. That's also a fantastic series, though. Well... Go with our cozy feeling, and since we are entering the burr months, burrs, burrs, um, this month's theme is cozy fantasy, and I'm sure most of you probably know what cozy fantasy is, but if you're like me, you probably hadn't really read it before, so here's just a quick little uh, description of what cozy fantasy is. It describes lighter fantasy fiction that focuses on warmth, comfort, and a sense of belonging. It features small, close-knit communities in a rural or small-town setting. It focuses on characters and relationships. There are no epic battles or world-saving quests. The stakes are low and the paces are slow. And there is also a significant lack of violence and mature content. Mm -hmm. It, it very much is usually a lot, because I didn't realize, but I do apparently read a lot of cozy fantasy. Um, it's, like Bianca said, very lighter fantasy fiction. It focuses on, like, warmth and comfort, a sense of belonging. Um, uh, it's usually got some sort of ragtag cast of off-the-wall characters, sometimes fuzzy little animal friends. There's no, like, real gratuitous violence. Usually always a happy ending. Um, there are so many genres now that are cozy. We have cozy mystery, cozy fantasy mystery, cozy fantasy. Um, I'm even now seeing, I saw a new one just this week where I saw someone describe a set of books as cozy romance fantasy. And I was like, wait. So I love that, like, and it's basically, I don't want to say millennials, but it kind of is. It's kind of people between the ages of, I would say, 25 and 45 that are coming up with all these breakdowns of being like, no, no, I read cozy mystery or I read cozy fan. And I find that just fascinating that we're kind of creating new genres within the book world based on trying to describe to someone what you prefer to read, essentially. Well, and I like, well, 
And I like this breakdown because like, especially with the book that I picked today, mm-hmm. like it's definitely fantasy, but it's nothing like, let's say Lord of the Rings or right. uh, Ender's Game or something like that. Like those are different fantasy type so i think it's important to say cozy fantasy sci-fi high fantasy stuff like that and i do i have noticed within the cozy fantasy world um that there are some books that i would just call them like fantasy or high fantasy and it's a comfort read to someone so i have come across um like the hobbit for example being classified as a cozy fantasy and I guess depending on what brings you coziness and warmth, I I could see that. But when you're following like the breakdown that you and I just gave, I don't know if some of these I would classify. And so I, I I wouldn't classify The Hobbit as one because it has epic battles and they're going on a quest. Right. There's there's violence in it. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't I, I mean, wouldn't say it's cozy fantasy. A lot about food and friendship. So I can see the correlation. And a lot of people find that book like comforting. But I I personally, if you were asking me like what's your favorite cozy fantasies, I would not think to put that one in there. Yeah, I would personally say that's more high fantasy. I would think so as well. <clears throat> But uh, we did find some lists. Um, Miranda's going to read some from Goodreads. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to read a few from Book Riot. If you want to go over your Goodreads list to see yeah. what they say Cozy Fantasy is. And I will say there's a crossover. There are, there, it's 20 on your list. So I won't go past that now on the list I found on Goodreads. And the reason I'm saying that, boys and girls, is because honestly, I think there's like, 38 like just keeps continuing pages and I'm sure as you get like a couple of pages in it's not going to be accurate so I'm just going to stick with like the top I'd say 15 20 um and it's in no like certain order so it's not like oh we think this is the best cozy fantasy also I I will not be listing all of these um if you want to look them up you can just uh just go to google and go to goodreads Type in cozy fantasy books and the list will come up. And then if you just go to book, right, you can type in cozy fantasy and yep. this list will pop up. So since you can go check out the list on your own and we, Bianca does do the painstaking job for any of you who have run or wondered. She actually lists every single book that we mention in our show notes. I'll just briefly run over the ones that made me the most excited to see on this list. How about that? Sounds good to me. Okay. Um, so Number one at the top is Legends and Lattes by Travis Baldry. Um, highly recommend. The Very Secret Society for Irregular Witches. Uh, one that I really want to mention because I feel like it's underrated and I don't see it mentioned is Can't Spell Treason Without T. It's by Rebecca Thorne. Uh, that Time I Got Drunk and Saved a Demon. It's mid, mid, a Mead Mishaps Number 1 by Kimberly Lemming. It, it's Bianca No-No for any of you guys out there. <laughs> uh, I just remembered the book news I wanted to share with you. So I will finish off with this one. I have mentioned it before. But The House Witch by Delamhack. That is officially how you pronounce it. Delamhack revealed themselves to us. What? Yes, she came out and has revealed 
herself to us on TikTok. And I thought I sent it to you, but I think I got so excited I forgot to. But um, <laughs> yeah, so she said the reason that she chose now and the only reason that she's doing this is she thankfully her series is becoming uh, known. And while she is so appreciative of that, she's running into things that uh, you can't stay anonymous forever. And I'm assuming she means probably getting a, an, an actual agent because I think these are self-published. I could be wrong on that. But I'm sure like getting a literary agent and people wanting her to do book signings and things like that, um, it's probably run into a, okay, now I have to decide, am I going to stay, you know, am I going to ch- chuck tingle it and never let anybody know who I really am? Or am I, I just going found to- her? Yeah. Um, and she actually explains in her TikTok, if you want to go follow her, how she picked the name Dellum Hawk and uh, how to pronounce it. And she answers some questions about like, why now? Like why? She answers more in depth, like why now? Are you going to, or are you announcing who you are? So that's uh, several of the books on the cozy mystery list over on Goodreads that I have read myself. I do recommend um, and then I recommend you check out the list. Um, the other one on there, it's, I think it's actually, uh, I haven't read it yet, but I did purchase it a couple of months ago, um, to get to it. It's the Tea Dragon Society. That um, sounds very much like you. Thank you. <laughs> I was super excited when I saw this book. It's actually a graphic novel. Um, Yeah. So those are the ones from the Goods Read list that I would like to bring attention to and have you guys check out if you're interested in cozy fantasies. And then the ones from Book Riot that I want to point out, um, I haven't, I don't think I've read many of these, if any of them, but they are, some of them are on my TBR. Um, The first one is The Undertaking of Heart and Mercy by Megan Bannon. Um, it's supposed to be a You've Got Mail retelling, which mm-hmm. I love You've Got Mail. Who doesn't? Come on. Uh, that's in my top five favorite movies of all time. Um, the Cat Who Saved Books by mm-hmm. Sosuke Natsukawa. I apologize if that is not correct. I actually saw that ba- book and immediately thought, I think Bianca would like this. That looks so up my alley. <laughs> Um, this one says it's more cozy sci-fi, but maybe someone out there would appreciate it. It's A Psalm for the Wild Built by Becky Chambers. And then Garden Spells by Sarah Addison Allen. Um, Sarah Addison Allen, I've read a couple of her books, and Mm -hmm. she writes, like, she's a perfect cozy fantasy author. Like, Mm -hmm. her stuff is just so lighthearted and warm. Yeah, those are the ones that... I think think Sarah Addison uh, is... A lot of people, if you like practical magic and and books in that kind of field, you'll like Sarah Addison books. Which And there's one on here that um, I have purchased, but I have not read yet. It's Mm -hmm. Flower Heart by Catherine Bakewell. Yes. The cover... Let me tell you, the cover of this book is gorgeous. I don't remember if we talked about that one on here... Um, or if we send each other a TikTok, but I saw the cover and was like, Here, take my money. Okay. It is, it is on my shelf waiting for me. 
Um, I unfortunately went on a library request book binge and all of my books came in at one time. <laughs> that always so, happens. So I'm actually pulling a U right now and reading several books at one time and what? I'm a little stressed out about it. <laughs> that is not a, that is not a U thing. <laughs> but I have to get through them. <laughs> but yeah, Flower Heart will be one of the next ones that I get to like I actually purchased that one I probably will purchase that one for the cover alone well what book did you read for us this month Miranda so I actually read what was number one on the Goodreads list I mentioned Travis Baldry's Legends and Lattes did you do a reread? I feel like you've read this before. I did. This is okay. I've read this twice this year. Oh goodness, I didn't know it was in one year. Yeah, I just I just bought. Well, I, okay, so I I believe I actually purchased it towards the end of last year because I went to the local bookstore and they had the um, UK cover, which I do tend to get UK covers here, not US covers. Um, and I had to have it. And I think I texted you and was like, this is the most I've ever paid for a paperback, but I really wanted it. And yeah. it's one of the bigger paperbacks too. It's not like a mass market size or anything. Um, was it a floppy one? It's not as floppy as I would like. No, it's oh, not. Okay, I'm sorry. But the cover is different and beautiful and it makes really nice tippy tappy sounds. <laughs> it makes me happy because I tip I I tippy tap with my fingers on my books when I'm reading and on my Kindle, it's um, it's a stimming thing but it's a soothing thing very ASMR, um it makes perfect sounds so I bought that one and um, but I didn't get to it until a couple of months ago and then when you said cozy mystery I was like you know what I loved this book so much and I do feel like it's talked about a lot on Book Talk. But at the same time, I don't. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like it's talked about in a certain niche corner of book talk, not wide. So I've only seen it a few times just because I don't read a lot of cozy fantasy. But I mean, it's come mm -hmm. across my For You page. And I've seen it a lot, but I think it's because of the people that I follow is why I've seen yeah. it. I also follow Travis Baldry as well. Um, this book is so fantastic. So what sold me, number one, when I first found out about it, is you've got this battle-worn orc, and she's decided to give up, like, her past life as a mercenary. Her name is Viv. She, number one, is just a very charismatic character, but when I first read the synopsis for the book and I saw the, what is, like, the U.S. cover for it, I was like, sign me up, because I am a Warcraft player. Say what you want. I don't care. I'm a Warcraft player, and I actually play as an orc. Um, her name is Captain Fiona from Shrek. Yes. Um, so I was very much into this. But she is, she decides to give up her past as a merc. And she wants to open a coffee shop for travelers. But the thing is, this town that she's moving to, that she comes across and takes part in, <clears throat> no one knows what coffee even is. It's something that she came across. Like, she didn't even know what it was. I want to say they... They, sell, they tell you um, the time that has passed. So I want to say maybe it's been a year, maybe two years. But, like, it's been within recent times that she also herself has discovered coffee. And what's really funny is you get this lovable cast of side characters. There's some romance, nothing huge. Um, lots of coffee, lots of talk of pastries, um, 
there are little characters that are creatures. So I think, as I mentioned earlier, it does kind of fall into the, like, having um, having animals in the cozy fantasy books as well. Um, I would say it would be, I feel like it is LGBTQ um, friendly, but it's not like a main plot point or really like thrown at you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it's a, you know, like their way they're telling the story, you can tell these two people are interested in each other and it's just really cute. And it's kind of like in a meet cute way. Um, so I really enjoy that and I want more from them. There is a second book coming out, but technically it's a prequel. Didn't another one come come out? I remember seeing the cover of it. The yeah. Bookshops and Bone Dust. It comes out yeah. in November, but it's oh, technically okay. a prequel. Um, so it kind of leads up because I guess people read the book and they're like, well, you're telling us that she was this amazing Merc and you, you introduced some of her friends from her past life in the book. Um, but we want to know like how that happened. So it's her earlier journey where she's still like questing and adventuring. I have seen this book described several times as like D and D meets Warcraft or D and D meets, um, trying to remember. I don't, I don't remember right now. Yeah. <laughs> brain, bad brain. Uh, what I find really funny is the tagline for this. It was uh, a novel of high fantasy and low stakes. And it's just fantastic. Poor Viv, though. Like, there's things that go wrong along the way all the time. Um, there is kind of an adventure that's taking place, but she, because she's, getting tangled up with the thieves guild, but not because she wants to, like she's actively trying not to be like, she doesn't want to get tangled with the thieves guild. Um, and she ends up getting threatened very early on in the book. So I'm not like giving too many spoilers, but she ends up getting threatened like very early on, um, by a former adventuring companion of hers. Um, because there is a magical object that has a huge play in the story and what's going on and the success of everything that is happening. Um, if you're curious, there is a website that you can look up like different tropes and stuff. Um, so you do have the tropes of there's a barbarian hero, city adventurer. Um, you do have this really funny, cool old lady uh, there's very moments where it's like, ah, I didn't think this through. Um, uh, the kind of when I was talking about, um, one of the relationships, uh, it's like everyone can see it, but the characters cannot like everybody else can, but the two people that it's happening to like nobody else. Yeah. Um, I, really enjoyed this book a lot it's just very like I said I read it twice this year I'm trying to decide do you count that as two different books read or do you count it as one for my count no I would count it twice uh, okay I think we've talked about that before but I'm not sure um so you do have a lot of magic that you get in fantasy obviously she's an orc there's succubuses the talk of the pastries in this book that this creature makes and I say creature because I can't remember what he is right now um i i need travis baldry to just write a cookbook <laughs> like i just i need a cookbook um 
a few quotes that had me like rolling. So like the first time she decides to share coffee with someone because she's like in this place and she's trying to explain like, I'm going to open a cafe, like a, oh, excuse me. Oh, oh, sorry. So she's like, I'm going to ask, open a cafe. And as soon as like my equipment comes in, you're, I'm going to, you're going to be the first one I serve. And this, <laughs> this little guy that she serves, he's like his direct quote. It's like, well, shit, milky bean water. I'll be damned. He took another longer sip and burned his tongue. <laughs> <laughs> it, milky it's just, bean water. Milky I want that on a t-shirt. Water, right. Uh, but there's a lot of really great quotes in this. Um, book. I'm trying to, there was a few more I liked, but I feel like those are, you need to read further into the book. Um, but like one of them, after 22 years of adventuring, Viv had reached her limit of blood and mud and bullshit. An orc's life was strength and violence and sudden, a sudden sharp end, but she'll be damned if that's, if she'd let hers finish that way. It was time for something new. So that is pretty early on explaining like Without detail, like 22 years of being an adventurer, adventurer, an adventurer, <laughs> an adventurer and mercenary. I mean, so it's not like she's in some of the cozy books we read uh, and the fantasy books you read. How often are they like 19 and don't realize they're pretty, you know? Yeah, yeah, they're she's normally young little babies. Right, and she's an orc who's been doing this for 22 years. She's not a baby. Like, she knows what she's doing. So I think it's fantastic. Um, so there's another quote. Lady stockings and exotic bean water. God help us. Okay. <laughs> uh, it, is, it is, like, I audibly, like, I know when people are like, oh, I laughed so much. No, I audibly laughed because there's a difference in saying like oh this was really funny I, I laughed a lot but a, how often when people say that do they mean they physically actually made noise laughing like it wasn't <laughs> just like a chuckle yeah um I feel like people really should read this especially if you are someone that is into fantasy I think if you're not a fantasy lover, maybe you might have a harder time because it is orcs and succubuses and magic and, you know, thieves guilds and barbarians. And so that it's probably not going to be something that you love if it's not a genre, at least just fantasy, you know, if you're yeah. not interested in fantasy. Uh, Travis Baldry is fantastic. And he actually narrates his audiobooks currently. Uh, so I did, the first time I read, I actually read my physical copy that I purchased. And this time I did the audiobook. Um, and he does a phenomenal job. So I'm cool. looking forward to the next book. I, it's, I know I wanted to say book two, but technically he's labeling it as book zero. And... It says it will talk about, um, obviously, prior to her coming and opening this coffee shop and the <clears throat> adventures that go with that. And it was left where, like, um, Legends and Lattes did end where there is definitely a book, too. Okay. There's absolutely a book, too. Um, but this one, uh, as I mentioned, is a prequel, and it says... 
I fall, it will follow Viv on an earlier journey or journey. I can't talk. Oh my gosh. It follows Good her thing on, you're on a podcast. I guess so. Right. <laughs> um, it follows her on an earlier journey where she is still kind of in her questioning adventuring phase. So I'm assuming it's a much younger Viv. Um, and after she sustained an injury, she finds work at a bookshop and starts to learn what it's like to live a more quieter and peaceful life. And of course, she'll make some friends along the way. And the way it was described to me on his social media, I'm assuming it's some of the friends that we've already loved that she brought into book one, technically. Okay. So that is Legends and Montes by Travis Baldry. And I highly recommend, I, I think I did actually get it five stars. Clap, 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 yes. clap. Well, shifting gears just a little bit, um, you'll be proud of me. I actually read what is considered children's cozy fantasy. I am proud of you because that's another thing. So Bianca doesn't do what I call Bianca no-nos if you're new here. She's not a huge horror girly. And she enjoys YA but not middle grade. Yep. It's never been really my thing, so I decided to venture out a little bit, and I chose The Girl Who Drank the Moon by Kelly Barnhill. Oh, this is such a beautiful book. You've read it? I have. <laughs> Please don't I cry. <laughs> Although you have good reason to cry, this book was, it, it was so good. Yes. It was not what I was expecting for a children's book. No, no. Um. It came out in uh, 2016, I think, and it's also a Newbery Medal winner. Um, that basically means it's it's a literary literary award for children's books, mm -hmm. and it won for that year. So it's got all these awards and all kind of things. Uh, a little bit of backstory for Kelly Barnhill: um, she is a graduate of. Uh, St. Catherine University in St. Paul. Uh, she majored in creative writing. And she also worked for the National Park Service. And she was trained as a volunteer firefighter. Um, her husband is an architect. They have three children. And she didn't start writing until after the birth of her second child when she started writing short stories. And they eventually got turned into full-length novels. I find that so impressive. You hear that a lot. Uh, more recently where it's like no no I wasn't somebody that wanted to that grew up wanting to be an author or something like that they something happens in their life and they're like I'm just gonna write this story and it turns out so well yes but and normally she is not if I remember correctly she's not normally a middle grade author right uh, that I'm not sure I don't she, she has other books um, there's like a list of them but I don't know what they are <laughs> I'm gonna go to the Goodreads because for some reason I'm either getting her confused with another author or she actually is not normally a middle grade uh, author let me see uh, no she's written uh, other children. yeah I know what I'm thinking about though uh, she is the one, um, and I've talked about it already, but I ended up giving it five stars uh, when Women Were Dragons. That was oh. her first adult novel. Okay. I didn't That's know she what wrote it was. That. Yes. Oh, yes. She is the one that wrote that book that I spoke about. And that's been 
I think that's earlier in this year's podcast. I'd have to go look at what episode, but I discussed that in one of yeah. our episodes. But The Girl Who Drank the Moon, um, it follows all of the tropes that I listed. Um, it does focus on like comfort and sense of belonging. It does feature small, close-knit communities. There's no big epic battles. Um, there is a little bit of violence, but it's not like bloody or anything. Like most of it's magical related. Mm-hmm. But let me go back to my notes. So the premise is that once a year, a child has to be sacrificed to the witch in the woods in order to save everyone else in the village. Um, the elders who run the town, they they choose the newest baby born, basically. So it could be like a two-day-month-old baby, and they would go sacrifice it out in the woods. Which they don't directly kill the baby, um, and the elders also secretly quote, know that there is no witch in the woods. They just assume that the baby gets taken by, like, wild animals or something. Mm-hmm. It's basically crowd control. It's a it way to keep... It's very strange, though, how they described that part. Yeah. They're like, we don't believe there is a witch in the woods, but at the same time, we believe there's something out there, and we have to do the... I don't know. That part got me well it was just more crowd control it was uh keeping everyone in order because if if someone sacrifices their baby then the whole village will be saved for the next year Mm -hmm. and that's what they led the people to believe um antane is the grand elder's nephew the grand elder is gerland um antane is kind of in training to become an elder one day and on this particular training day, they are going to pick up the baby. Um, normally, parents who know that their child is going to be sacrificed, they just kind of accept their fate. Um, however, this mother puts up a fight. Like, she's hiding in the rafters with her baby in her arms saying, you'll never take my baby. You can't have her. And the elders are like, bet. And she goes See, absolutely that insane. with the rafters. Yeah, so no, that'd be, be honest, too. Like, yeah. Um, she goes absolutely insane they end up having to lock her in an asylum after all of this and she's basically locked away from from society for the rest of her life Um, the baby also has a very special birthmark on her forehead in the shape of a crescent moon kind of like harry potter and so the the elders leave the baby in the woods and Antane argues that they should wait for the witch to collect the baby so that the wild animals don't get her. But since the elders know that there is no witch, the animals will get the baby. It keeps the people subdued and obedient to their orders. And Antane is basically forced to go back to the village. And he's not allowed to look for the witch. However, contrary to the elders' knowledge, there is a witch. And her name is Zan. She lives in a swamp. And she is aware that every year an abandoned child would be found on a particular stump. And she takes that baby and raises it for like a little bit and then takes it to the free cities that are on the other side of the forest and swamp. She has always cared for these children. She wants nothing but the best for them. And she figures that if this village is going to continue leaving their babies out on the stump, they are better off in these other cities with other families. I mean, she's not wrong. Yeah, no. (laughs) 
She is also centuries old. She's a very, very old woman, but she's not really aging. So she's been alive for forever. Um, so she rescues this baby and she starts the trek to the free cities. And to feed the baby, she normally gives them starlight because it's more satisfying than any food that the swamp could offer. Excuse me, I had to cough. It's okay. However, this journey is lasting a little bit longer than normal, and Zan doesn't realize it, but she accidentally gives the baby moonlight instead of starlight. The baby is now imbued with magic. Zan names her Luna, and Zan becomes her grandmother and is now going to raise her since she has magic flowing in her veins now. Um, every few chapters of this book, you do get the point of view of a parent who is sacrificing their baby or uh, they're telling the story to their children of why they sacrifice a baby and how it helps save the village. Um, I struggled with those chapters. Yeah, those were those were a little rough because at some points I was like, this is supposed to be a children's book. <laughs> this is getting really deep. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, like Miranda mentioned in this story, we also have various animal creatures. We have Glurk, the swamp monster. Oh, and <laughs> Glurk was the true hero of this book. Okay, y'all. <laughs> yes. For sure. I, I really don't remember how he was actually described, but his personality reminded me so much of the alligator from The Princess and the Frog. <laughs> Yes, or I was also think. oh, well, the whole time I was reading it, I was picturing uh, one of the little things from, like, Black Cauldron. Okay. Did you ever, did you ever watch that? Yeah. I know yeah. a lot of people hate that Disney movie, but I was thinking that. Okay. Or maybe even the little demons in Hercules. <laughs> I don't know why, but, like, that. I think he was just a big, cuddly crocodile. <laughs> Or alligator, whatever it is I we have. It's one of those things that, like, it doesn't matter what the the author describes as, like, their demeanor, you picture in your head immediately, and you're like, nope, that's what they are. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but then you also do have a little tiny little flying dragon the size of your hand. His name is Ferian. And he doesn't know how to control his, like, fire outbursts, so he is not allowed anywhere near Luna as a baby, because he cannot be trusted with his sneezes. Um, there are several points of view in this book we get Zan's point of view we get Luna's point of view we get Glurk we get Antane we get Gurland we get all these random points of view from the parents telling their children about the witch in the woods Um, eventually in the book you also get the point of view of some unnamed person and I don't want to ruin it too much. Mm-hmm. But the unnamed person, like three fourths of the way through the book, became my favorite character. Loved that person. I could see that. <clears throat> yes. Um, but the like a good sum up of the book is just Luna learning how one to use the magic she's given. Uh Zan coming to terms with aging and not being able to care for Luna. Uh, you have the village kind of coming together to overthrow mm-hmm. the elders. Um, there's a lot of magic. 
both good and bad. Um, Antane eventually finds true love. I loved that part of the story. It was so cute. He had met this girl in class when he was like a little child and he always remembered her as just being different. Mm -hmm. And then she shows back up kind of mysteriously in his life and they fall in love and they get married and have a baby. And eventually it's Antane's baby that is supposed to be sacrificed. And that's when he's like, nah, homie. We don't got to be doing this no more. No. Um, there, there are some like fight scenes, but it's not like save the world type quests. Right. That's why, that's why I think it still fits in the cozy fantasy realm of things. Because it's like tiny, like skirmishes is what I would Mm -hmm. call them. I wouldn't call them like battles or wars or anything. Um, yeah, I don't want to give too much away because I want people to, like to read it for themselves. The chapters are super duper short. They're like two and three pages a piece. There are 48 chapters to this thing. It's a little bit of a bigger children's novel. It's mm-hmm. close to 400 pages. But it doesn't take you long. It's a really good, good, like warm hearted story. I recommend it. I gave it four stars. Yeah, I, I think four stars is is a good one. The only reason I didn't do five is because there were just some parts that were a little bit slow. But that's because it was like some characters inner turmoil, thinking things through type things. And I was just like, I want to know what happens next. I th- think my reason for four stars was because there were some things that happened that I think were deeply emotional. And for all of the classifications that we know of a YA, of a, not YA, of a mid-grade, I felt like it was broaching on like YA territory with like emotions yes. and topics. So I think that's what kept me from giving it more stars than I did. So I would say like, Personally, I would say like a 12 to 13 year old would be a good audience for this book. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it is so big, I feel like nine or 10 year olds, they wouldn't like naturally gravitate toward it just because it right. is a little bit thicker. Because like even the I know the Harry Potter books are technically children's books, but the first couple are rather small. Like mm-hmm. They're not that intense or anything. So that's why I say 12 to 13 year olds there, for this is a target audience. There does seem to be a trend because, um, you know, I do visit the um, like children's library section more than like you do. And I have noticed in the past, like I'd say 10 years, it seems like middle grade books are getting thicker and thicker. Like they're adding to I remember they were pretty slim and you would read them like I could I could when I was in that age bracket I was rolling through like two three four like a week sometimes depending on like what was going on at school or whatever so I do feel like they are getting thicker than what like we were used to before yeah that makes sense I guess um there is another book I'm not going to go into detail obviously but another cozy fantasy that I read well is it fantasy? I don't know. Maybe it's not fantasy. 
But it was another cozy book that I picked up that I want to mention. It's sure. another um, it's another middle grade, Some Kind of Happiness by okay. Claire Legrand. I have not heard of this one. <clears throat> um, she, I posted this to our uh, Instagram page, the Bells mm-hmm. of Books Instagram page. And Claire liked it. I was like, oh, thank you, Claire. But this book was, I think I texted you and Susan in our group chat about this. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have had this book as a, like, 11, 12, 13-year-old. Mm-hmm. Because it deals with mental illness and depression and anxiety. And the main character, she, um, Finley... She doesn't know what's happening to her. She just knows that she gets super, super sad sometimes and doesn't know how to get herself out of a funk. Or she is overly, like, critically thinking about something so not important, like in the grand scheme of things. And it's about her dealing with that and in the midst of her parents going through a divorce. And she is... Uh, it would like almost started crying reading this. It was so good. It was so sweet. And I just wanted to give Finley like a big warm hug. So check out Some Kind of Happiness by Claire Legrand. You will not be sorry. I think I think that's fantastic. I gave it five stars. Oh, I think that's fantastic that there it's even people that don't necessarily have childhood trauma, so to speak. But I think it is fantastic as an adult to find something that like validates how you felt or um, makes you realize, like makes you heal essentially. Well, Cause like, I think a, a lot of, a lot of adults, um, they forget what it's like to be a kid. Yeah. And absolutely. They, they worry about these big adult problems, but kids have problems too. And what seems, what seems small to you as a 30, 40 year old, that's the whole world to a 12-year-old. Yeah, because when and, you are 12, it is the whole world. And as a yeah. 30-year-old, you are sitting here going, you're doing the, I promise it gets better. Like, trust me, I know. But they don't know. Yeah. They don't. I, I see this a lot. And it, it's the same with, like, when people talk about, like, toddlers, for example. And I had a discussion with someone I knew pretty recently. They were like, you know, we went to dinner and this kid was just like upset and oh my God, it ruined my day. And I was like, maybe that kid's day was ruined. Do you ever think that they're like young enough that they have really big emotions and they don't know how to tell? Like I, I am now a huge proponent of why are only adults allowed to have big emotions? Like we talk about um, self care days and like mental health days. Well, why aren't children allowed to have those too? Like, I completely agree. If we, I feel like if we had been allowed to have those, maybe we wouldn't need them as much now. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, so I think it is fantastic that you mentioned such a powerful book for you because sometimes, um, and I, you know, I get asked quite a lot being almost 40 years old, like, oh my God, you read YA or you read middle grade? Yes, because it's doing something. Sometimes, sometimes it's just cause and other times it actually is making me stop and think about like, oh, when I was 12, it was a really big deal. Like, I think there's one last year for Halloween. We read separate books, if I remember correctly. 
I believe so, yes. And we did mid-grade. And the one I read, initially at the beginning of the book, the problems that she's dealing with, she's like a middle schooler going into high school. Um, like it's her final year as a middle schooler. And she's there, it talks a lot about, you know, making that change that is being so scary. And it kind of brings you back for a second and reminds you that like the young people around us, like, we think it's funny, but those problems really are big. Like, for them, that is a big deal. Yeah. And that was us once. That's me now. <laughs> oh, I mean, come on. It's me now. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I mean, so funny side story, just to put it in perspective. I think I told you guys, you and Susan, this already. But I was having quite a day the other day. I suffer from insomnia. And it was one of those nights where, like, I could not go to sleep and my husband's alarm started going off for him to get up and like still had not been asleep. It's like four, four in the morning. I still had not been asleep. So he leaves our room, goes to start getting ready for the day, doing his normal morning routine. And I am laying in there and the fan is blowing on me the wrong way. My shirt itches, my head hurts. I still haven't been asleep. It's like five in the morning. So I come stomping down the hallway and he's like, um, what's wrong? And I was like, I haven't slept. The fan's blowing into my face. My shirt, it just, my heart feels like it's coming out of my chest. My head hurts. And he's like, um, oh, oh, okay. So I marched my butt into the kitchen. I ate a bowl of cereal. I grabbed the little dog and was like, I'm going back to bed. And I eventually fell asleep <laughs> at like 7.30 in the morning. And I slept really hard for like two hours. And then I woke up and I was like, I'm fine now, <laughs> but I just, I had really big emotions. I completely understand that. <laughs> and I, I just couldn't like deal with that. And what's funny is later that day, my son had a similar experience and he was in there working on his schoolwork and he reread the question like 10 times. And finally we hear him like beating on his desk and he's like, <gasps> And my husband goes in there and he goes, what is wrong? He goes, I just can't. And the thing, and oh, oh. he goes, yes, your mother was like that earlier. Why don't you try to eat and lay down? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it just happens sometimes. So I think it's kind of funny that like, yeah. And as an adult, I still have those really big emotions that I don't know how to work through. <laughs> I guess food and sleep, food and sleep. <laughs> Oh, goodness. <laughs> well, if you want more um, cozy fantasy recommendations, mm -hmm. um, I can personally recommend Peru's project on TikTok and YouTube. Um, her actual name is Reagan, but she does, she covers cozy books, cozy gaming, um, both like video games and like board games, card games, stuff like that. Um, she's very homemakery. Like she does videos of like her baking something or cooking food. Um, so yeah, I, I highly recommend Peru's project. She is top notch. And I believe you have a recommendation too, Miranda. I do. And I hadn't heard of yours before. So I am absolutely going to check that one out myself. Um, I've actually mentioned this one before. Um, she's fantastic, but she is on TikTok. Um, I can't remember if she's on YouTube, but she's on TikTok and Instagram as Meg's Tea Room. She's absolutely delightful. Um, she is, had been referred to lately on TikTok. Some people like stitched her videos and we're calling her the cozy queen. 
Um, they were referring to her as like the witch that Bianca was just referencing in her book. Um, that like we feel like the one guy was like, I feel like she lives like down by the stream and it's got a whole bunch of books in that little hut. Like uh, Meg is fantastic. She reads a lot of what would be considered cozy, um, but she reads the stuff that we would we hear call no nos, um, high fantasy. It's just so I highly recommend her because. You know, you can follow these people, check out their recommendations, and then decide, like, if a book is for you or not. So go follow those people if you want some more stuff in your TBR, because we know it's never ending for anybody. Yeah, or you're just your daily life, because it sounds like, I mean, and Meg kind of does too, but uh, in general, it sounds like both of them offer things just to be cozy within your daily life. I like to call it romanticizing life. Which I think we can all use a little bit more of. Yeah. I feel like we all have days where romanticizing life is something that we are able to do as well. And sometimes we're not. So I love that phrasing. Yes. Um, next, Miranda is going to talk about some upcoming September releases that we're all excited. I know I'm excited about one of them. I know you're really excited about one. So I know this is not a segment that we normally do. And one, I feel like it's because we would be here all day if we just talked about like releases every month. And two, we usually talk about the things that we have purchased or acquired from the library. And because I am moving, I have not done either of those things. Um, and so I was looking through the list of September 2023 releases, and there were several that I am really interested in adding to my TBR. So I thought I would tell you about them. Um, a lot of them actually classify as fantasy as well. Um, we do have a locked room murder mystery for 2023 called Suddenly a Murder by Lauren uh, Muans. Muns. It's M-U-N-O-Z and the N has like a it has a word. Those those hats and eyebrows that have a word that have a specific word. You know what I'm trying to say? Like over a name or a word in general. Uh, so I'm probably not pronouncing her name correctly. But I, you and I both really enjoy like mystery thrillers and I thought a locked room mystery is perfect to start your Burr months off. Um, it's a for a high school graduation party. Um, Izzy, Cassidy, and their five friends have decided to have a 1920s themed party where Cassidy's boyfriend ends up dead. To find the killer, they almost stay locked in the estate to be interrogated. Obviously, we love some fantasies here or some mysteries here, so I think this one has potential. Um, on a side note, yeah. Do you know how to add the little squiggly line over the N in typing? <laughs> in my, in my, on my phone I do, or on my uh, laptop, because I don't have American keyboard. I have a Deutsch. Oh, keyboard. well, aren't you lucky? Okay, I'll Google it later. <laughs> <laughs> or I could text it to you and you can copy and paste. Um, no, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead so, with other releases. Yeah, in our romance releases, there's actually a fantasy romance by Meg Cabot, who I love. It's called Enchanted to Meet You. It is Jessica Gold is a plus-size witch with a ban from the World Council of Witches as she encounters the unexpected arrival of the tall and handsome Derek Winters, who claims she's the chosen one. With humor, magic, and a dash of romance, Jessica must navigate saving her village from an otherworldly threat while also protecting her own heart. 
Let me I just like say it. the Swifties are super excited about this one. I, because, yeah, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Um, Taylor has a song called Enchanted. And at the end of the verse, she says, I was enchanted to meet you. And all of the Swifties on TikTok are like going at this book. So it makes me wonder, is Meg Cabot a Swiftie? It would not surprise me. I've read a lot of her works throughout the years. And it would not surprise me if she's like, I'm absolutely a Swiftie. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't like followed followed her like exclusively. I I read her books, but I she, I don't like. That sounds really bad, but like Geneva or Colleen or one of those that I actively follow on social media, I don't. So, um, do, 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 do. there is a YA book coming. I was interested in. It's called The Library of Shadows by Rachel Moore. This is at YA, but it is a romantic paranormal debut. Um, it's, I'm going to say Estee. It's E-S-T-E is the character's name. Um, so I'm going to say Estee. Estee, okay. So yeah. Estee has enrolled in Radcliffe Prep, the third spookiest school around, on a mission to undercover the truth about her deceased father. Along the way, she encounters Mateo, a charming, uh, charmingly annoying ghost, rather, and together they embark on a wild journey through trap doors, hidden passages, and ghost-filled halls. So get ready for a dose of mystery, romance, and a haunted library that will leave you begging for more. Yeah. So I was like, uh, yes, please. The Scarlet Veil by Shelby, Shelby Maharin is a YA fantasy. It's a step into a thrilling world of Belterra in this vampire romance. It's a captivating spinoff from a best-selling series, Serpent and Dove. I've heard good things about Serpent and Dove. You, who, who did you say it was by? It's M-A-H-U-R-I-N for the last name. Oh, okay. First name Shelby. And we actually get several, I'm like, you guys can go look them up, but I was impressed uh, when I was going through the list. There's like one, two, three, four, five, six of like those neat, cutesy, kind of fun um, Christmas books. Yes. Yes. There's like five of those coming out this month in the month of September. So go check those out if you like those. I haven't done those in a few Christmases and I feel like it's time. It's time. Um, several fantasies I'll mention real quick. We have The Witches of Bone Heel by Ava Morgan. Uh, this is Cordelia and Eustace, our sisters who discover their hid, hidden Nordic witch heritage, which I thought was fantastic. It's a dash of mystery, a touch of romance, and a sprinkle of spooky ancestors. The sisters must navigate a quirky Victorian mansion, a captivating groundskeeper, and secrets that have been haunting their family for generations. This is a whimsical tale where you'll need to embrace their powers, mend their bond, and uncover the truth to save themselves at Bone Hill. And the last one I'll give you guys today, another fantasy, Playing the Witch Card by K.J. Del Antonia. Um, you prepare for a delight of blend of Gilmore Girls meets Practical Magic, which is what's funny. This is not the first time we've heard this in the last couple of months. If you remember, there's well, that other book that I've been highly anticipating as well. That is For some kind of reason, Gilmore Girls is like blowing up this year and I don't uh, know why everyone is just now discovering Gilmore Girls but I mean I'm here for I, it because I love I, it 
I am seeing it all over like the aesthetic cozy uh, TikTok and Instagram pages I follow where it's like they're decorating their house for fall. And in the background, they're like, oh, I have to watch Gilmore Girls. And I'm like, cool, because it's a great show. But why now? This I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But apparently it is being the inspiration to many of the book talk girlies and authors out there um because again this was a gilmore girls meets practical magic and they it's apparently she is the best-selling author of a book i had never heard of i apologize called the chicken sisters the chicken sisters the chicken i know i gotta look that one up i've never heard of it (laughs) um but flair hardwick must navigate three generations of magic two pesky exes a mischievous terror deck in this pick um, this whimsical tale will have you rooting for Flair as she embraces her reluctant witchy side to save the day and find her own magical happily ever after. So the Chicken Sisters is also by KJ Del Antonia. Yeah. But that's what oh, it's saying. It's, a Reese, it's, from, it's a Reese book club pick. I have never heard of it. So uh-huh. maybe since that book is the Reese pick, I was already like interested and I was like, take my money on this playing the witch book. So... Now maybe we have two books by this author to read. Huh. But those are what I plan to purchase in some form and add to my TBR. The last one, and I'm doing this because Bianca and I are both excited about it. 19 Steps by Miss Millie Bobby Brown. Um, this is based on events of Millie Bobby Brown's family during World War II. And the story will portray one young woman's bravery and strength in the midst of the war. The final cover is to be revealed. The last time I checked, I have not seen the final cover. But it releases like any day now. So I'm sure if you Googled it, there's a new one. I'm just saying I haven't seen it yet. Wait, what, do you, what have you seen? Sorry, I was typing the, co- the, the actual title. cover. The last oh, I have time, pretty. Okay, I was going to say, the last yeah. time I looked the book up and added it to my list, um, I didn't see the final cover. I just saw, like, the mock-up that was actually not, it was also pretty. Like, it was also really cool. Um, but I do believe it was not the final cover. Oh, okay. But yeah, I'm super excited for that one. Like, I might go to the, the store and pick that one up same day. Yeah, I was thinking the same. I think that one might be. It comes out on the 12th. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I just looked up the final cover. That is really pretty. Uh, I think I might also purchase that one. Because apparently my understanding is it's going to be available on paperback as well as hardback day one. Which is genius. Yeah. Because not all of us want hardbacks. And it's not fair to make y'all wait if you don't want a hardback. I've never understood that. I mean, I used to in like years prior, but when on launch day of a book, if you're coming out with like the ebook, the audiobook, and the hardback, why we got to wait for the paperback? Yeah, I don't know. No one's ever been able to answer that. I asked someone in publishing once and they gave me an answer that sounded like a fake answer because they didn't know the answer. Well, I do have some recent reads and acquisitions to go over because I am not moving. So all of my books are freely open. Um, the two that I am currently reading, yes, two, 
I'm reading two books at the same time, people. So proud of you. <laughs> You're like, uh, my head is going to explode. <laughs> it's not that bad because they're both like completely different books from each other. Honestly, as someone that does this often, I kind of feel like that's what you have to do. I kind of feel like you have to be, because I, you know, I usually always, I, and I do right now, and I'm fresh in them, so that's why I'm not bringing them up. But I have an audio book, I have a Kindle book, and I have a physical book. Like, I'm doing, I'm my normal self. I have all three going right now. <laughs> One is a cozy paranormal mystery. One is nonfiction. And the other one is a YA fantasy. Oh, so got almost all the yeah. genres covered. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you're not, you're not overlapping things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the first one I'm reading is nonfiction and I'm reading it because the movie comes out next month is Killers of the Flower Moon by David Gran. Okay. Um, it is about basically the creation of the FBI and the atrocities that happened to um, the indigenous people mm-hmm. in order to create the FBI. Um, as there's there's one part I just I was so mad because um, I'm also reading this for a project at work. So I was I had like a break from some of my like need to do right now stuff. So I was reading a couple of pages, and at right. one point the like the government basically forced all of the Native Americans to go to this one particular area. And yep. it just so happened that this one particular area was where a bunch of oil was. So the Indians were like, or not Indians, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm trying to not use that word. Um, the Native Americans were like, heck yeah, we're going to get rich. And then you have all the oil barons coming out there and they're like, ha no, you're not. And they start killing them. Yeah. And I'm like, you forced them out there. They're working with what they got. And now you're going to kill them. I, I was raging. <clears throat> but I'm about halfway through this one. Um, they have not officially created the FBI yet. But I feel like I'm getting close. Because there's a lot of now government officials coming in to investigate what all's going on. Mm-hmm. And who's actually doing the killing. Because all these people are showing up dead with nothing no tracks, no traces. Mm-hmm. But like I said, the movie comes out next month, I do think. I'm pretty I sure it comes so. out in October. So I wanted to read the book before I saw the movie just to see the differences. The other book I am reading is nothing like that. <laughs> it is The Library of Lost Things by Laura Taylor Namey. Um, I'm about halfway through this one as well. I started it yesterday and read almost 200 pages. <laughs> Was that because you're really enjoying it or you just got in one of those like reading jaunts? Both. Okay. <laughs> fair, I like, fair. I, I was not. Um, yesterday was kind of a lazy day for me and I just I didn't want to ruin it with uh, Native American murders. I so. was on the train listening to murder and reading a book. That's yeah. what I did, yeah. But the Library of Lost Things is about a girl who is about to turn 18. Um, she goes to high school. She's working on her college essays. She works part-time at a bookstore. And she has a very close-held secret. Her mother is a hoarder. And she's basically trying to figure out how to help her mother now that she's turning 18. Um, she'll be going off to college soon. It's 
what is her mother going to do? All these things. Um, I'm really enjoying it. Like I said, I read almost 200 pages in one sitting. So I recommend it so far. Um, A couple of acquisitions. Um, I only bought one book, I think, since the last time we talked. Well, I know for quite some time you were kind of on a buying ban. You had some pre-orders that you had already put in. Are we still in our buying ban? Uh, I guess technically, yeah. I've I've calmed down a lot. <laughs> You're I trying to like really put emphasis on like, do, do I really want this kind of thing? Yeah, one because I'm running out of shelf space until I get my custom bookcase built, Same. which that's that's kind of sarcastic, but. <laughs> We have plans in our house for a custom bookcase, but I know it won't come to fruition at least for a couple more years. So, um, But the book I picked up uh, from Barnes & Noble is called Zara. Uh, it's going to be part of a series from my understanding, The Guardians of Dawn. It is by S.J. Jones. Okay. It's actually the YA book club pick for Barnes & Noble for, I think it was last month and the month before, I forget. But As far as I know, it's supposed to be a, uh, like, Chinese Cinderella. Oh. So I was very excited about that. I'm pretty sure that's what it's supposed to be. And it's, like, a gorgeous cover. And when you open the book, there is uh, a map. So I was like, a map, I'm in. I'm a map girly. Me too. I open it and I see that map and I'm like, sold. Um, another book, this one's from the library. It's called In Five Years by Rebecca Searle. Uh, our friend Sabrina actually just finished it and she marcoed me either Friday morning or yesterday morning. I forget which one, but she was like trying not to cry. <laughs> She didn't cry in the Marco to me, but I think that is the same book that she showed me this weekend because we were showing like our, I was showing books, uh, you know, when I Marcoed all you guys from the hotel, I was showing her my book that I had brought with me and she showed me her book. So I think that's the same one. Um, I really don't know that much about this one, but Sabrina absolutely loved it. So I was like, we have it at the library. I'll go ahead and pick it up. I, my taste is pretty similar with hers, so I feel like I would enjoy it. Um, do you have any recent reads that you want to mention, Miranda? Um, I think the only one that I've really been trying to finish um, that I've talked about before is um, The Witch and the Vampire. I actually started it months ago, and I read, like, I. this sounds really crazy, and some, if you're, if, well, most of you here will get it because you're here because you're a book lover. But I did that thing you do where you pick up a book and you literally like devour the first part of it. And you're like, oh, my God, I love this. And then I set it down because things were getting crazy. Um, and I knew I like wanted to get back to it, that I still loved it. It was not a DNF. Um, if you're if you're not new here or if you're new here, sorry, however you want to phrase that. Uh, I don't DNF things. I have a problem. And this was the year that I promised Bianca that if I didn't like something, I would, I would DNF. But no, I'm in love with this book. So actually, I have like three chapters left in that. And then um, the um, nonfiction book I was reading, um, 
I know it's, it's actually like, don't come for me people. It's actually one of like the big, it's a hype book. It's a hype book. I know it, but it's atomic habits, a easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones. Uh, as someone with ADHD, I struggle. Um, the theory, the scientific study and research and theory behind forming a habit is that it takes 21 days um, to successfully form a habit. And I am notorious for getting to like day 19 or 20 and then being like, hmm. So <laughs> what was the name of it? You said it really fast. Yeah. It, sorry. It's really long. It's Atomic Habits. Basically, you could just put Atomic Habits, but the oh, okay. title okay. is yeah. yeah, Atomic Habits, an easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones by James Clear. Um, it's about 320 pages. It's um, obviously nonfiction. But yeah, I, I decided to hop on the hype bandwagon with that one because I have a lot of friends that have read it and been like, no, no, it is really fantastic. And like I said, I'm one of those people that kind of struggles sometimes with like building a habit that I especially want even ones that I really want to. So um, I'm checking that out. And then I am trying to finish up one of the other things that I told myself I was going to do this year is go back to series that I either didn't finish because, like, say, the next books weren't out yet or um, it's, it's all series that I have already started but never finished. So I'm doing that with the Court of Thorns and Roses um, series, and I'm on the most recent book, book four. Uh, Court of Silver Flames. I'm doing that via Audible while I'm working and packing. So that's that's where I'm reading right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the meantime, guys, if you want more from us, be sure to follow us on Instagram. We are Bells with Books podcast over there. Mm -hmm. um, you can also follow our TikTok. Um, Miranda deals with our TikTok more than I do, but we both have access to it. Thank okay. you, TikTok gods. There we are, Bell's W Books Pod. I don't know why it cut us off, but it did. Yeah. But um, feel free to follow us in both of those places. You can also yep. follow me personally. I am at Style and Freak on both Instagram and TikTok. Um, if you follow me on TikTok, I will probably send you the most random videos known to man. So you're welcome. They're fantastic. <laughs> I sent like a really unhinged one to you and you sent back like the eyes bulging face. Oh my God. Hope and Sabrina were like dying laughing. <laughs> I wonder which one it was now. I, I did send you the eyes. I think it was yesterday or the day before. I'm trying to remember. Hold on. There was back. one I was like, what? Yeah, I think. Hang on. <laughs> I need to find it. Where I don't, are you? I, there you say, are. I don't have my phone with my TikTok on it in here with me. Da, 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 da. Oh, it was the one where uh, they had to turn the plane around. Oh, yes. Yeah. The poo. Yes. This no, person I had, was like, like massive what? diarrhea on a plane. Listen, like it no. was going down the aisles and they had to turn the whole plane around to land and sanitize the plane because it was hazard. a hazard. And it is. Listen. Also, they were talking about how when they sprayed, they tried to like clean and spray 
number one, stewardesses are not there to clean poo. And I get it. Apparently, this this passenger, it was an it was an accident. They had a problem. Like legitimately, they were sick. Something happened, right? But you sent me that video, and it is so unhinged that like I did, I did the the big eyes face because I was like, what? <laughs> but what that quote they made when they said something about they tried to sanitize and it just say it smelled like vanilla and shit. Oh, oh. It reminded me of a text conversation I had with Laramie once. Where the dog had horrible gas and she's when she lived with us. So she's like in the room next to mine, obviously, um, the bedroom that she lived in when she lived with us um, was like next to mine. And I'm, I texted her. Um, I was like, are you still awake or something like that? Cause she'd been in there like up reading and she's like, yes, why? And I was like, I think I'm going to stay up for a little while because the dog has bad gas. And she's like, just spray some Febreze and go to bed. And I'm like, why? So it can smell like shitress. <laughs> and she was like, I am done with you. Go to bed. And that, for some reason, that one quote in that very unhinged TikTok, that's what had me laughing. That's what had me <laughs> laughing because it, it brought back a really funny memory. <laughs> But I've been told by by many people that my for you page is quite unhinged. So I don't. I try not to send you the the like really bad ones. I say. Oh, you yeah. My for you page would confuse the crap out of someone. (laughs) They'd be like, what? But anyways, where can our people follow you, Miranda? (laughs) Follow me and see my unhinged list. at Mom's Nerd on both TikTok and Instagram. It's not actually my handle on Instagram, but if you type it in, it does pull me up because basically I've had my handle for too long to actually change it. It's called Lazy. Um, <laughs> so yes, you can find me at Mom's Nerd. And of course, come back next month. Join us again for another fantastic fur month installation where we'll be bringing you some spooky fantasticness that we're going to share together. Um, so yes, but until, until then, of course, until then, keep writing. <laughs>